Welcome to Financially Ever After, where award-winning and nationally recognized financial expert Stacy Francis will bring you savvy tips and words of wisdom on how to secure your financial future before, during, and after divorce. For 30 minutes every other week, you'll hear personal stories from women who have either faced or are currently facing this transition. In addition, you'll also soak up knowledge and inspiration from the industry's top legal, financial, residential, and mental health professionals. And now here's our host, Stacy Francis. Thank you, Steve. And thank you to everyone for taking the time to be here today for Financially Ever After. As you know, Financially Ever After brings you great content about the things you need to know for being smart about your finances, both while the process of thinking about divorce, going through and after. And today we have a dear person here who comes to us with a really different background. Um, A background of experiencing divorce herself, but also a background of being a CPA. So let me tell you more about her. Sally Mullins Thompson started her business management and consulting career quite a while ago in the 90s, 1995. And she specializes in helping families, individuals, small business owners with accounting and financial advice. She's also a holistic financial planner and an investment advisor. She is a member of numerous organizations, the AICPA, the NYSSCPA, and the FPA organizations. I feel like if I had to say that three times fast, I don't, I don't know if I could do that. But <laughs> needless to say, everyone listening, this is a lady who really knows what she's talking about, especially when it comes to finances. She's done so much in giving back to women. Um, She's actually part of NABO, the National Association of Women Business Owners, which is a fantastic organization. And it's an organization I joined when I started my business 16 years ago and was just a a huge support to me in learning how do you do this entrepreneurial thing. She's the treasurer of her co-op board. She's a member of the Board of Governors of the Accountants Club of America and was recently appointed to the Leadership Advisory Council of Women Impacting Public Policy. I think it's fantastic what you're doing professionally. I think it's also really amazing because you do a lot personally. And Sally, you share that you're very active with animal rights advocacy, recycling, as well as federal public policy issues that specifically affect women-owned businesses. You have a beautiful daughter, Catherine, and you have grandkids already, so Max and Parker, who live in Washington, D.C., and you yourself are right here in New York in the West Village with two adorable cats, and I have to say the best names ever, Sprinkles and Snuggles, um, along with your husband, Ralph. So it's wonderful to have you here, and I'd love to hear from you. you know, what what brought you to your profession? Have you always been interested in finance? And was it before your divorce? Was it after? And, and did it have an impact on your your divorce process? 
Well, thank you so much, Stacy. Thank you for having me here. It's a real honor to be here, actually. Um, I love everything that Stacy does, both in her professional life as well as her <clears throat> nonprofit life. Um, I would say that um, at the time of my divorce, I was actually working for IBM. I spent 20 years with IBM. I was a systems engineer, marketing rep, and project manager. And I took an early retirement package in the mid-90s and got a lot of counseling at that point. Um, but I had already been through the first divorce. Um, and at the time of ending the first divorce, I realized that I had to be financially responsible for myself. I could not depend on that knight in shining armor that my mother had told me about when I was growing up. And so um, as a result of that, when I went into the early retirement planning uh, process of what I was going to do for again for the rest of my life, learning about finances and helping other people learn about finances was very important to me. And uh, particularly to help women because in the state where I was divorced, Texas, it was it's a community property state. My husband had um, separate property that could not ever be considered in the agreement. So that was a big concern, not so much for myself, but for my daughter, um, for her inheritance. I was concerned that he would remarry and have another family and she would be left out of that so that was a big concern but it was the realization that I had to take care of myself and her that made me become interested in learning finances so I seized on that when I had the opportunity when I took the early retirement package from IBM to, to look at those options how to do that and how to give back to others as well. So what I'm hearing you say is the realization that the knight in shining armor that your mother told you about really was not out there right. and that you couldn't rely on him was what propelled you to learn about finances and also part of that help others learn about finance, especially women and that bigger picture of wanting to make sure that you are able to take care of your daughter. That is life changing. What did you do from there? Did you, you know, and go and, and take a class? Did you start reading certain books? Um, that's a big shift from IBM. How did you, how'd you get savvy about money? Well, uh, actually what was interesting is in my first marriage, my husband decided that we would split all of our finances. Everything would be split equally, the income to pay expenses. So I actually started tracking all of our expenses from the beginning. First I was using Excel and then I, I switched to Quicken. So uh, that was very helpful. I mean, I really knew what, what was being spent. And that's, I think, something that all women need need to know. But it, I think because of, in the testing that IBM did for the um, outplacement services, it was determined that I really wanted to help people. So, and then I connected, I want to help them in the ways I wish I had been helped uh, so that I could have, you know, not believed in the knight in shining armor fantasy. But um, so basically, 
I decided to research what um, what options were available. And there was something about being a CPA that just, it felt like somebody who was trusted by others. So the first thing I did uh, is I took uh, six hours of accounting classes. To, I went back to school to see if I even liked accounting. And it turned out that I just loved accounting. And so then I entered an MBA program um, for uh, with an accounting track. So that the end, I would have enough hours to sit for the CPA exam. The first year while that was going on, I actually joined an insurance company and uh, because I thought they were gonna, we could do financial planning. Of course, it turned out we couldn't. But uh, I got my insurance license and my securities license through that. So the combination of both things um, really helped me see there's like a big picture you have to look at. You can't just look at one thing mm-hmm. it's where finances are concerned. You know? And so um, the other thing I did was um, I got accounting positions while I was in school with registered investment advisory firms. And through them, I was, uh, so I was seeing the certified financial planner avenue as well. So I decided I'd do the CPA first, and then after I finish that, then I do the certified financial planning thing. And so that I could see the big picture and be more of an asset to uh, women that needed education in finances. So Sally, as you're going through this, um, I'm tired just listening <laughs> to how much work this must have all, all been. And then did you did you have Catherine at that time? I did. She was six when we got divorced. So how, uh, this is a big challenge for a lot of us women, especially if we have 50% of the custody and, and many, um, many, you know, primary full custody how did you manage that when you had a little one at home um, that you're caring for that you're making sure is you know healthy and happy and coming through this transition as as whole and and healthy as possible while going to school and and working right that well, I mean actually, that's a huge yeah, amount yeah actually well that's thank you for saying that but actually at the time that I got to the divorce was final I was not, I was still at IBM. So, and I had a nice salary and good benefits. I mean, I was really lucky that I had that job to go back to because I'd been at home for six years taking care of her. But right before I filed for a divorce, I got back, I got right back into the position I had been in six years ago. So I was very lucky. Yeah. So did you go back to that position knowing that you wanted to get a divorce and that was important for you? That was part of the plan. Yes. Interesting. So you really very consciously thought about, I want to get a divorce. I need to go back to work to get a good salary and good benefits. I'm going to go back to where I was before I had Catherine and launched that career. Right, right. So I did. So I did so you, that. So you put a lot of thought, but you didn't just blow up one day no. and say you really planned and, and did some divorce planning to make sure that you were going to be okay afterwards. Right, exactly. And then the other thing I did is I... Uh, you know, I looked at, you know, so I was tracking all these expenses for all these years. I looked at my income, after-tax income, and, you know, I really came up with the budget that I was going to have to 
put in place in order to be to make able it to support her for uh, once the divorce was final. Yeah. So yes, I did. So there, I, I feel like there was like sort of something in me. I probably should have been a finance person from day one out of school because there was just something in yeah. me. So I was lucky in that regard, unlike some other people yeah. who are not interested and so they don't yeah. they don't know they yeah. don't learn about it so so so, so the, when I was going to school I actually was married to my second husband and that was very helpful that um, and so he helped with her care by that time she was like 12 and so um, so I again I was lucky you know and at that point um, um, I had a, a nice I would get start getting a pension from IBM five years after I did that, took that early retirement package. Plus, there was some money which helped pay for for um, the school. Plus, my father had just died, and I had some money from that. And my mother helped too with my my education. So I was really in a good in a good position, but. I capitalized on all of that to make sure that I have a viable second career to uh, that I can work in for as long as I can keep my wits about me. Yeah, and I think that another key to your success that you touched on that I really want to make sure we go back to and we don't just gloss over, not only did you get your career up and running again, but you were always active in your marriage of understanding the spending. And you talk about how you calculated, okay, after tax, this is what I'm gonna be making now from IBM. And so this is the budget I'm gonna have to live on Mm -hmm. to be able to support myself and to be able to support Catherine. That is so powerful and I 100% why understand why you're in this profession and why you're a CPA because that work is very tedious but so important do you have any tips for women that are listening right now that maybe they're tracking a little bit but they don't really know everything or even that just not has been part of of their work um, I feel like budgeting is almost the, the, the new four-letter word, even though it's not a four-letter word. Um, it's it's really intimidating to to get your ha- head around where all of that money is going. And not only intimidating for me, whenever I do that, um, I get a little nervous because I'm scared to really see where it's all going. Um so what suggestions do you have for women to help them either take what they're doing already to the next level or just to even start to get involved in that process? Right. Well, actually, this is sort of a commercial for certified divorce financial analysts because I think one of the things, particularly if they're scared, uh, if they're scared and I I feel like if they could just get past being scared and take control, I I think it would make them feel a lot better. And uh, because then they would know. I think they're scared because it's all unknown. Yeah. 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 And I think that if they could start working with a CDFA, uh, which uh, and 
which is recommended to actually even start it doing that possibly before you even file for a divorce, uh, that, that it would help them overcome the fear and it would help them gain knowledge as to what assets there are, what income there is, what are the tax yep. ramifications. Yep. And so uh, my recommendation would be to explore the idea of, of doing that in the beginning yep. to get you over that hump and start learning those words like budgeting and after tax and, you know, how long is this going to last mm-hmm. for me? Yeah. And will I have enough to pay for my children's college education kind of thing? Yeah. And I know, I know, I know you yourself, as well as all the women listening today, have done something in their life that they were intimidated, that really scared the bejeebers. And if you can go back to that moment of taking that leap, maybe it was bungee jumping, maybe it was enrolling in a class, maybe it was moving to a a new community, and how that made you feel afterwards of being able to accomplish it. And I just had an experience a couple weeks ago, and I liken it to how some of us feel about looking at our spending. So we took a family trip uh, on our sailboat and we were living on our sailboat for 10 days. But for us to get from New York City out to Montauk at the end of Long Island, it was going to be an 18 hour sail. No matter what, it was going to have to be at some point in the dead of the night. And I will tell you, Sally, um, in fact, I'm getting kind of heart palpitations even even talking about it. Sailing for me is new. Uh, it's my, my third year. Um, and I knew that I could do this. I knew I had all the safety equipment. I knew I had all the, you know, GPSs, everything. But something about sailing and not being able to see in front of you scared the bejeebers out of me. But I did it. But I did it, and it was one of the most wonderful experiences of my life because I was up, I was listening to music, and it was a full moon. And it was just, I'm getting kind of teary even thinking about it. But I look back and think, you know what? That fear and anxiety that I had about this I worked it up in my mind mm-hmm. to be much more than it really was. And so, you know, doing it again, I feel much more comfortable. It doesn't mean that I'm not going to prepare, right? You know, I'm going to have all the safety equipment. I'm going to always do that. But um, now that I've sailed through the night, um, I feel like it's okay. And it's the same thing. Do you think with, with budging, like once you you tackle it and start to get more informed, that fear of the unknown is so much bigger than actually, you know, getting your hands in and, and seeing what's really going on. Right, exactly. I totally agree with that. I actually have, in a, in a way, my getting a divorce was a pivotal moment for me, like you're describing for you with the sailing through the night, because... <clears throat> My mother had told me this knight in shining armor fantasy for as long as I could remember. And you grew up with that. Right. And the knight turned out to not be the knight. Actually, he, uh, I had been more successful 
than he, both professionally and with money. And um, but but I was so afraid of going against that fantasy and not trying to find that night. To and and the, and then when I found who I thought was the night, at least my mother thought he was, uh, then I stayed married to him for 10 years. And then making the decision to get the divorce was terrifying, was totally terrifying. But going through it and learning that I have to be financially responsible for myself and my child enabled me to become me. Yeah. And enabled me to carry on my life as I have. It also enabled me to separate from my mother, which I had actually never done. But and so that enabled me to do that. And then finally, my father actually paid for half of the divorce. So I had this comfort from my father that I'd never really had before. Wow. And that supporting you. Yes, exactly. And so so for me the divorce was like that there's one other thing i had an injury back in the 80s and needed a hip replacement but i was told that i needed to wait because the materials that were being used were plastic and so you would probably have to have another one finally 20 years later i mean i was at the point i was in so much pain i could hardly walk i was terrified of the operation, just terrified. But finally, I had to do it. And it was so life-changing for me that when the second hip also deteriorated from my rheumatoid arthritis, I was like saying, okay, so when can I do this? When can I do this? And I would not be able to take care of my grandchildren the way I've been doing ever since they were born. I mean, my life completely changed physically as a result of that operation, but I can't. And having the courage to do it. Exactly. So, you know, it's just like, just push past it, do it. And then, I mean, it's like the whole world opens up for you when you do these things that you're so afraid of. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because, you know, I think about my life, the things where I've stretched outside my comfort zone have typically been the ones that have pivoted my life in such a great way, mm-hmm. you know, um, and, you know, a divorce is pretty much as outside of your comfort zone as you can ever yeah. really have. So you come to this with personal experience. You also come to this with so much education, so much um, knowledge. What mistakes do you see women making? You know, I know you are part of this profession because you want to help women. What do we need to be teaching women to okay. help them? And because I know you probably, I mean, we, we could probably talk for an hour of <laughs> right, right now. But, um, you know, what are some, you know, one, two or three things yeah. that uh, are the things that keep you up at night that, that yeah. really are interesting or really, really important for you to, to share? Right. Well, I think the main thing is, I mean, all women, first of all, need to be educated even while they're growing up. I mean, I started educating my daughter when she was 12 about finances. Mm-hmm. And so uh, women you know, that are older now need to make sure their daughters are being educated. Yeah. But the, but for the women themselves, I just, they must 
take responsibility for understanding and having knowledge of the financial uh, aspects of their family life. They cannot leave that to any to somebody else, either their husband or maybe neither of the two. <laughs> they all leave it to their CPA or their planner or wealth advisor or whatever. So, I mean, to me, that is the most key thing of all uh, is for the women must take the responsibility. They are adults. This is not something they leave to somebody else. You never know when the unthinkable might happen. And so they need, and it could, maybe it's not a divorce, maybe it's a death. So it's just, you know, it's just very important to do that in my opinion. And before you move on, I I wanna ask you, you talk about not leaving it to your husband, not leaving it to anyone else. And so that means not leaving everything just to your financial advisor. Right. So tell me more about that because sometimes you will see someone who her husband has taken care of all the finances and go through the divorce and then all of a sudden she has her financial advisor and he does that then for her. And she doesn't participate in that same way, unfortunately, that she didn't participate in her marriage. And that can be a big problem. Can you talk a little bit more about that and why that can that that should not be something that a woman does of just pushing it on to then that financial advisor? Right. Well, I mean, the main thing, I mean, uh, <clears throat> you know, some financial advisors might not be making a decision, an investment decision that's in that person's best interest. Um, and so that that's always a concern. So it's very, very important for the their that person to not the financial planner but the woman to um, understand why these I mean it's fine to have the financial advisor help but why is he or she making those decisions what are the tax ramifications of those various decisions you know tax is the biggest drag on anything whether it's an investment whether it's um i mean income income, selling a house right renting right um you know receiving rental income from a house yeah i mean taxes bless yeah i mean death and taxes that that's what we can definitely count on right (laughs) exactly and so therefore you must look at the tax ramifications of every financial decision that's being made in my opinion and that cannot be left to the financial advisor because sometimes the financial advisor, that's not how they pick investments and that's not how they pick the options they uh, present. Uh, so so that's very important. And the whole thing about is the investment in the best interest, depending on the credentials of the financial advisor, they might not be held to the highest standard, the fiduciary standard, which is to uh, present recommendations that are in the best interest of the client and not uh, uh, the advisor. So those are really the two areas that if the woman turns it over to the advisor, she could not get the performance because of the tax drag and and the investment might not be the best choice for her and her mm-hmm. particular situation. Yep. Yep. And then, so we've talked a little about two things, making sure little girls are learning about money from the very beginning. Number two, then, making sure that women take responsibility for their money 
even if they're working for an advisor uh, with, with a financial advisor, that they're part of that conversation, that they're asking questions, they, they're, they're present. Right. Any other pieces, last pieces before we start to wrap up that um, you would like well, women I mean, to know? You, know it, you could also read Financial Planning for Dummies. <laughs> um, Which, can I tell you? A lot of those books are really good. I know. The Four Dummies, um, I mean, I I have no pride. I'm happy to read those types of books. Right. In fact, um, I read one, um, Sailing for Dummies, <laughs> to help me out. <laughs> and, I, you know, Boating for Dummies. I had no problem with, with doing yeah. that to try and, you know, figure out a little bit more. And, of course, I have the certifications and all that. But um, there are yeah. some really good books yeah, there, I right? Yeah, so, too. And that maybe that that could be a way to get your toe in the water if mm-hmm. you just start out there and then that as you get as you get more and more knowledge you get more and more confident you become more and more interested and then you you know will then start the questioning of whether it's your husband whether it's your planner whoever's helping you with your money or whether it's your CDFA mm-hmm. might be saying things that you're not understanding but as professionals I believe that all of us need to be educating our clients and we don't have to educate them with about margins or about even you know asset location but we need to educate them about money yeah. and 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 how to take care of it. I mean this is a valuable asset that you have. And don't, don't let it go to waste. Don't let it be dissipated because you, you don't have the knowledge yeah. to deal with it. Yeah. And what we can do, too, for everyone listening, um, choosing a certified divorce financial analyst as CDFA is a a big job. And we can put in the show notes a couple resources of where you can go Mm -hmm. to find a experience. And I say experience because that's important. Someone who has a certified financial planning designation also has a certified divorce financial analyst that has been in the field for numerous years that's located hopefully close to you Um, so we'll make sure that we put that in the show notes but also Sally I would love for you to share um, how our listeners might get a hold of you because you offer you offer a great service to women going through divorce that want a second opinion that would like someone to, you know, look at settlement A versus settlement B. Um, and I think what's really special about you is that you don't require them to work with you ongoing, meaning that you don't require them to move all your, their assets to you to manage. Um, there are not many people like you. I mean, just in general, you're such an amazing woman. But on top of that, in this field, having someone who can work hourly in that process, um, it's very, very rare to find. Um, so I know a lot of people would love to hear um, how they can get a hold of you and, and just be able to visit your website. Right, exactly. Well, so uh, that would be great. Uh, my website is www.smt. C P A P L L C dot com. And the website provides a range of um, 
the, the range of services I provide. It also has tons of articles and videos. It's There's very a lot of content. Yeah, great content. Very educational website about any aspect of your financial life, and and you can search. And there are just so many great articles, not written by me. But um, it sounds uh, like you put the best of the best together right, for, for that content. Right. And and also, I mean, I have some blogs, too. But yes, I mean, it is a uh, it is a really a website with a lot of resources. Great. So everyone listening, don't worry. We're going to put this in the show notes, too. Um, and the website is for Sally Mullins Thompson. So S-M-T-C-P-A. PLLC.com. We'll put that in the show notes. And so hopefully you can um, visit that website, read some of the fantastic content that Sally has. And if you do have any questions about your finances, please do reach out to us. Uh, We have a beautiful second opinion service that helps you see where you are today, where you want to go and the steps you need to fill, especially if you're thinking about or going through a divorce when the stakes are even higher. It's something that will help you make good decisions and something that is really important for you to know and understand. And I know Sally will agree with me. um, The decisions you make during your divorce are going to have an impact on the rest of your life. So make sure that you do so in a very thoughtful way and using a good team around you to make sure that what you're agreeing to or not agreeing to, um, you truly understand. So thank you for your time. We'll see you in two weeks, bringing you great content, helping you, supporting you, making sure that you get through the divorce process as whole as possible.